Hello and welcome to this podcast version of the COVID-19 Cash Course, proudly brought to you by Worth, South Africa's leading financial education company and sponsored by Discovery. My name is Brad Brown and I'm going to be the host of this podcast series, which will be featuring Gary Kale and Haley Parry, the co-founders of Worth and the money coaches responsible for putting together this three-part course that is designed to help you manage your money better now and over the coming months as we continually have to adjust and compensate for the impact of COVID-19 on our personal lives and personal finances. As mentioned before, this course was originally put together as a video-based course, so if you have data and a device to do so, I'd encourage you to watch it online. If you don't, please don't stress, that's exactly why I'm here, to give you the audio version. It would, however, help if you downloaded the COVID-19 runway budget, either in Excel spreadsheet form or the PDF equivalent. Those documents are available in the same COVID-19 toolkit area where you'd access the podcast or the video links. If for some reason you're not able to find or access them, please speak to your HR team for assistance. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes of this series, which are called Stop and Take Stock and Caution and Course Correct, then I'd strongly suggest you go back and listen to those lessons first before moving on to this, the final green lesson called Go and Grow. If you have, let's get straight into it and hand you over to your money coach, Haley Parry. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. And thank you for joining us for the final part of how we're going to pull together um, your finances around COVID 2020. Gary, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hi, guys. Looking forward to getting through this final piece. It's, um, there's a lot more positive lift and not so much just course correction and talking about actually coming out of COVID, which is actually quite a relief just to be actually talking about this stuff. So once again, hope it adds lots of value. Okay, so I think just to recap, but for those of you who've had a little bit of a break, just a reminder that we said we were going to focus on um, ch just shifting where we prioritize our finances. So prior to COVID, we were saying, please make sure you're focusing on making a profit every month. And what we did in the orange video was we said we need to shift that focus to one of protection. We need to protect your financial base and make sure you've taken care of the four Fs around protection. Once that was in place, Gary took you through how to tweak your budget to ensure you get the most runway so that um, you can operate and live fairly stress-free during the coming months when we're not entirely sure what's going to happen, whether there's going to be more lockdowns or continued social distancing, whatever that may mean for your personal finances. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to stop looking at the short to medium term view and we're going to start throwing it forward a little bit more. What does the medium to long term uh, view look like for us and how can we use um, the situation that we found ourselves in to ultimately grow us as people and, and to ensure that we've grown our skills in, uh, around managing our money. So I think to kick that off, what I want to do is bring back that image that we used uh, in the first and second lesson. So Gary, you'll remember we, we spoke to the importance of ensuring if our income has been reduced or removed, that we need to modify expenses, we need to look at our debt uh, and the three options around debt we gave you to look at if that affects you because you're struggling to repay your debt. And this um, corner here where we spoke about looking at prioritizing the protect part of your base within your expenses instead of um, profit. 
we know that we want to move back to this focus of making sure that we pay ourselves first, Gary, because that's the reason we all go to work, right? So that we can build up our asset base and ultimately um, reach a point where we no longer have to work. And you and I call that financial freedom. And the way we do it is, is by focusing on this profit area of the graph. But can you please talk us through what does that look like in our budget now? This um, interim budget we created around the COVID changes and now throwing it forward. How do, we, how do we bring our focus back towards the profit area in our personal finances, please? Okay, so I think the first thing to say is, is that I think for the next couple of months, we're not really going to be working on this particular sheet called Go and Grow. We're going to be focused around the caution area, which is the course correct area um, of just taking a look at what the next couple of months is concerned. So I'm just saying that there's a bit of a disconnect between the timing of when this spreadsheet will, will come in and when you are receiving this lesson. So this lesson is, as we're coming out of COVID, things are going back to normal, people are going back to work, um, companies are starting to resuscitate, turnover starting to increase, salaries are starting to go back to more normal levels, and so on. So in this instance, uh, I just want to just draw your attention to a couple of things that you could think about changing. So um, if you take a look at the Go and Grow, once again, open up the spreadsheet that we've given you. Um, what you'll notice I've done here in our example is I've just brought back things online. Uh, if you look at the, the, the income area, what I've said is that the partner in this example has come back to not full earnings yet, but um, they've increased capacity, companies back online, not yet at full salary, but earning a bit more. The tenant who was on 50% of the rent has now gone up to um, a bit more than that, um, more sort of up to um, kind of 80% of what they were paying, you know, also still resuscitating. Um, interesting area to look at is the level of family support you're now giving. That should also be decreasing. You know, as people go back to work, start resuscitating themselves, the requirement for you to fund that gap then also needs to dissipate. Um, and then a couple of like the normal life things come on, back on track, where you start adding back the petrol, the transport, uh, on the car insurance. In the last session, um, I spoke to you about mailing your short-term insurer and just telling them that your car's parked at home. Can they change premiums? So now you have to alert them, make sure you don't go driving around in a car that isn't insured at that level with third-party insurance and all that kind of stuff. So insurance comes back, extramurals come back online, kids are going back to normal activities, pocket money goes back to normal levels entertainment's certainly going to go from kind of zero back to like, let's just get out and go get, get into some restaurants and get back to sort of normal levels of happiness and fun. Um, and then personal care also. So these are the kind of areas which I've just took a look at and just thought I'd draw your attention to. So as you start bringing this back, this is sort of what your post COVID lifestyle starts looking like. But I think the focus area is what Haley's talking about. This is about, um, we've learned the lesson through this that stockpiling some cash and having some savings and emergency funding was an absolute lifeline for anyone in this situation. It's not a lesson that anybody has to beat hard anymore. So what you'll notice in the sheet is, is that where previously there were small sort of emergency savings and a small focus on that because it didn't seem like this stuff was urgent, now we know it is. 
So over here, you'll see that I've bolstered quite seriously the amount of money that's now going into emergency funding, savings, and where investments was dismal in comparison to what people were earning, it now really needs to come up to better levels. And this is the opportunity, once again, to take a look at what the six-month track looks like. So going forward, back to the summaries that you've been using during your course correct period, which is just monitoring surplus and shortfall. So first of all, double-checking that month-on-month, month, you're not going backwards anymore. And then what you'll see is that how that translates now into what we're now calling the, the, the tab, which is save for safety and invest for freedom. So you'll see in that tab, what, we, what you want to see is that on a month-on-month -month basis, your contribution towards emergency funding, savings and investments is really starting to climb. And that is where you're going to build um, the foundation for really building wealth. So that's how, how, this is how the spreadsheet has been applied. No extra lessons, no, no need to learn anything new about how the sheet works. This is just a forward-looking view with a focus on paying yourself first, as you've stressed, and just making sure that over the next six months, you can see how you're going to get lift coming out of the situation. Okay, thanks, Gary. So um, I really like that chirp of yours there, save for safety and invest for freedom. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about that investing. Um, in order to keep it simple, because I know that during um, times of stress, it's hard for us to hang on to anything. You know, and earlier you spoke about the four Fs um, regarding protection. So I'm going to bring through those four Fs again. But this time we're going to make it relevant to the investing part of um, this lesson. And the first F I'd like to talk about is uh, freedom or financial freedom. Now, this is this is the why we want to invest in stock markets and we want to um, build up an asset base, whether it's property or stocks or, or any other um, asset building area. But in this instance, we want to talk particularly about the stock market because a lot of our investors are feeling a little bit uh, wobbly about the investments at the moment. Can you talk to us a little bit about the why around financial freedom? Because you had a really interesting anecdotes about this the other day with me so i mean i think just 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 for the purposes of just explaining what what wealth really means to to most people or what it should mean when we talk about financial freedom so from a financial perspective you know a lot of people find this whole concept of retirement quite a nebulous thing it's sort of like when i get older one day i'm going to stop working and then i'll have money well it doesn't really quite work like that from a mathematical perspective what it means is is that up until the day you die, you're going to need to draw a salary. And that because you're always going to have expenses. So in essence, at the moment, people are drawing that salary either from a boss or from the business that they are running at the moment or if they're self-employed. The day you stop working, you need to have your own pile of money where you're able to draw that salary every single month and continue to fund your expenses. So that's what building wealth is really about. It's about building that pile of of money, whether it's in shares or whether it's in property or various different other asset classes. But the bottom line is, is that when we talk about paying yourself first, we talk about contributing to that pile so that month on month, you're getting closer and closer to being able to be more economically free. So it's a very simple thing. I think that for people that have, um, have had their income shortened now, um, I think what they're experiencing is actually a mock retirement. You know, all of a sudden you've got a sense of, I don't have an income and now how many months can I continue to operate on my savings or in my investments? And I think this has been a massive wake up call for, for everyone. 
So even if your income hasn't been cut, you've become very aware of how long are you able to last even with that potential risk of having income cut. And I think that coming out of this, this is going to be one of the biggest lessons that people are going to take away to understand their financial vulnerability and to really take measures to now take this really seriously to protect themselves and to protect their family and really to protect all the hard work and effort that they've put into making money. At some point in time, that needs to translate into your financial freedom. So the second F uh, that I want to discuss today actually stands for freaking out, which Gary, you'll remember in the call that we had with a couple of our learners earlier this week, that um, there was a lot of that going on, you know, and part of it is around just making ends meet at the end of this month. And for others, it was around uh, about the investments, you know, a lot of people worked really hard for a really long time to diligently put away money and build that asset pile that you spoke of. And when they looked at the value of the investments this week, um, for some of them, that value had gone down by a third and others even even more than that. And, and you know, that's terrifying because we feel that loss very keenly. Haley, you're spot on and it's been a terrifying experience for many of us. I think it's a great time to bring in a few of our experts now as well. Let's start with the CEO of Just One Lap, Christia van Heerden. Christia, what do you suggest we do when this happens, when your investment portfolio has taken a massive knock and you're freaking out and panicking? This is not the time to be poking at your investments. And let me tell you why. If you had to make a choice, let's say your house burned down and you decided now you're going to buy insurance. The insurance that you would buy after your house is burned down and the insurance that you would buy under normal circumstances would be different. At the moment, in terms of your investments, your house has burned down. It's gone, right? You don't want to be making decisions about your investment life at the moment but this market crash is a wonderful opportunity to see whether your investment strategy makes sense right this is a stress test essentially for your investment strategy so what you want to be doing is you want to look at the products that you have this includes your retirement annuity it includes your tax-free investments and it includes all of the savings and investments that you have you know that the market has fallen off a cliff this year. You need to go and look at how your investments behaved and then make some notes about that. If something about that freaks you out, do not sell anything right now, but make a note about it so that when things recover, when things normalize, you, you now have two sets of data. You know how it behaves when the market falls off a cliff and you know how it behaves when the market recovers. Now that you have two sets of data, now you can make an informed decision. You can see, all right, I have an equity-only portfolio, but maybe I need some cash in there. Or maybe I had too much cash during the crash, and I just missed out on this massive growth opportunity that followed. So the next challenge is going to be looking at your investments, making sure you understand everything that you're invested in, and making some notes about what you're going to do once your investments recover, about your investment lifestyle. Let's throw that same question over to our next expert, who is CEO of Discovery Invest, Kenny Rabson. Look, I think that's a very good question. The, the reality is it is a good time to re-examine your investments. Um, and, and people should be doing that uh, regularly in any case. So it is time to look at your investments and it's not a time to panic. So certainly anyone who decides now I cannot stomach this, I need to just sell, 
my advice would be to hang tight because the markets are not acting rationally at the moment. It's really operating not on the fundamentals of any of these companies, not on their actual fundamentals as businesses. It's operating on do we hear about more deaths in Italy today than yesterday or less deaths? Uh, what happens um, in New York, etc., which it doesn't affect the fundamental nature of a company. So take Apple as a company. Uh, the company is no different today than it was three months ago. It was a great stock then, it's a great stock today. Although the share price may be, if that was an example, the share price may be lower, it's not a time to sell it if the company was fundamentally a good company, irrespective of where the share price is uh, today. Whereas there might be a couple of shares in your portfolio that you should rethink. Um, you know, there might be some sectors that you've ignored for quite a long period of time. And there could be some things that are worth getting rid of if one doesn't see with the advice of a stockbroker, if one sees that that sector is really going to be in bad shape for a couple of years, it might be worth it. But in the main, I would say hang tight with most of what you have. We're also joined again by human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bush. I think we find ourselves on very fast shifting sand at the moment, which is calling on all our resilience and our skills around adaptability and flexibility. And while we're still finding our feet, in these first few weeks of lockdown. Given a little bit more time, I do believe that we're going to get used to it. We're going to find a new rhythm and we're going to discover new competencies. When your back is up against the wall, there's only one way to go and that's, and that's forward. So I think we're going to discover that maybe we were more teachable than we thought after all. Maybe we're more adaptable than we thought we were. And that is going to stand us in good stead post-COVID-19 because the end of lockdown is not the end of the impact of COVID-19. It is just the beginning of the next phase, the next phase of what might life look like on the other side of COVID-19. Hayley, that's the first two Fs out of the way. What's next? That leads us really nicely into the third F, which is fundamentals. And I think it's really important to understand how a stock market fundamentally works. And I think that comes down to these lessons around uh, the fact that stock markets, by their very nature, are going to rise and fall. There's this pattern that has happened time and time and time again. We've seen it in a number of graphs, both on our local stock market and on the stock exchanges abroad, that there are periods of recession and uh, crashes. And these inevitably are followed by periods of growth. Now, obviously, the, the million dollar question at the moment is when will markets grow again and by how much and is this the bottom of the market? Is this a buying opportunity? And I think for our purposes today, it remains really important to say this. You know, nobody knows what your personal financial situation is like you do. And that's why it's really important that you get financial advice that is relevant to you. You know, we're not here to say, yes, go and buy or go and sell or, or any of those things because we are not financial advisors. Um, but if you're going to take out anything, I think you'd understand that now is a great time to learn about these things, to find yourself a financial advisor if you don't have one. In fact, we actually have a course about that, Gary. We built one of the HC courses we built is called Shopping for a Financial Advisor, specifically for this reason, because we know people have fear around um, talking to, 
to brokers, talking to advisors. They, they worry about a lot of things. And so we, we simplified that in a, in a separate course all on its own. But for the purposes of today, I think we just need to make it clear that uh, for every um, dip in the market, for every downside, it also gives us an opportunity. We do know that in time, markets will rise again. We don't know when, and we, we're kind of expecting a fairly volatile ride uh, for the short to medium term. But at some point, you know, the world will, will go back to normal. Companies will start making uh, products and, uh, again. Companies will start providing services again, and the value of their businesses will increase. And that will be reflected in how the stock market gains in value over time. I mean, we were looking at some interesting graphs, you and I, the other day, where we saw that the value of the stock exchange today is the equivalent of 2013. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mind being uh, looking seven years younger. But this gives us an opportunity to invest at some point where we kind of buy back seven years that we may have lost if, if perhaps you weren't already investing in the stock market. So, Hells, I think that's a, that's a really interesting observation because, in essence, just to maybe explain that to non-seasoned investors, um, what Haley's saying is that the price of the market has dropped so drastically that those were the prices of what you would be buying the same stock today at in 2013. So in essence, if you haven't been investing in the market for the last um, seven years, you are now able to buy stock at those prices then today. So coming out of this, when the price of stock is low and you're investing and you know, you're taking your go and grow strategy and you're starting to put money back into the markets, you're buying stock for cheap. And as the industry and companies normalize and those, those, those prices rise, you're going to have the opportunity of taking advantage of that growth. And I think that's what Haley's saying. But I do also need to stress that you should be doing this with the advice of a qualified financial planner who understands your situation, understands your, um, your appetite for risk, where you want to invest, whether it's local, if offshore, what type of assets you want to buy. Now, all of that may sound like jargon, so you know, hop onto one of the courses that Haley's referring to. But really, strictly speaking, when it comes down to investing, get yourself a qualified financial plan and have that conversation, and you'll see that it's very productive and you're able to make very educated calls on what you want to do with your money. Gary, if I can jump in here again, this is probably another great opportunity to get three of our experts to weigh in on this. Financial journalist and founder of Maya on Money, Maya Fisher-French, joins us once again. You know, a lot of people are saying, is this time to start investing? So I think certainly if your debit orders are going off, you've got your retirement funding, your normal investments, absolutely, because the market's falling, uh, you're getting, you're getting mm -hmm. shares at a much better price than you were uh, earlier in the year. So you just keep those going. Would I be taking a massive lump sum and sinking it into the market right now? I would want to be to know that I, I, you know, I would want to look at my personal circumstances and also the resilience of the company maybe that I'm working for. Because if this goes on till the end of the year, will you still have a job? Or how long, if your company's asked you to take a pay cut, how long is that going to be for? So I think right now, for me, it is a little bit of building up resilience. I wouldn't be really committing lump sums unless I, had, I was really cash flush. We're joined for the first time in the Series 2 by Mr. Stealthy from stealthywealth.co.za. People ask me, you know, what, what they should be doing with their investments now that the market has crashed. Um, what I generally tell them is, what would you be doing with your investments if the market hadn't crashed and you're still at the levels we were in, in January 2020? Um, because the market level shouldn't be a factor in, in your decision about what to invest in. That's something that's totally out of your control. There's, you have no influence on that. But what you can control is the products you buy, 
um, where you put your money onshore, offshore, those type of things. So if your investment strategy says you should be investing in this, this, and this, then that's what you should do, regardless of whether the market is has crashed or not. Um, and then the other type of question that I've been receiving quite a bit is, um, what you know, what should I, what is cheap now? What should I be putting my money into? Um, and again, um, that should be dictated by your, your long-term goals um, and your investment strategy. And then no stranger to this course. Returning again is investment manager at Latuli Capital, Mduduzi Latuli. Mdu, you're quite optimistic going forward. No matter how bad the bear market, there's always been a recovery. And if anyone says to me, I always play out the doomsday scenario with clients to say, if you say to me that there will be no recovery, so that I'm wrong. So let's play out that scenario. What you're saying to me is that financial markets have collapsed. Businesses globally on a large scale have collapsed. And then if you are correct, then it doesn't actually matter where your money is. It doesn't actually matter if it's in the bank or in the stock market because we are all in serious, serious trouble. And we're going to have to go back to bartering goats or sheep or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just holding on to that. Of course, there will be a recovery. Of course, there'll be a recovery. Then it's now just a matter of saying, how am I part of that recovery? And that is, and that is why you get good advice. And that's why you speak to a professional. You know? So I think that leads us onto our fourth and final F. And that stands for fortitude. Uh, now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the word, um, uh, according to... Um, Google, my trusty Google over here, fortitude means courage in pain or adversity. And I don't think anyone would argue with the fact that we are going through a really tough time. Uh, this is uh, the poster boy for adversity if, if ever we've lived through it. And so it's okay to find it hard to have courage and stay the course uh, during these times, particularly when it comes to investing. But I think the lesson is really clear. If you've done the work where you have invested your hard-earned uh, profit and you've consulted with a professional and on their qualified advice, they're saying to you, don't take your money out the market, then now it's just about sitting tight. Uh, it's as, as one of the um, providers that, that I'm invested with, I received an email from them last night and they said, don't touch it, just like your face. You know, don't touch your investments, just like we're being advised not to touch our face, faces in the time of um, COVID-19. You know, and I think it, it comes back to the fundamentals that we were talking about, Gary. Markets will rise again. And just like you as an individual want to make a profit again in your personal life, in your personal finances, businesses are going to be itching to start making profits again in their, in their businesses for their shareholders, for their employees, um, and to provide value and services to their customers. And the moment that starts happening again, the stock markets will turn. They will start um, building up again. And, and you will see on those graphs the value being increased again. So we will rise out of this. We will um, see the light. And our most sincere wish for you is that you have had the opportunity to really spend some time looking at your personal finances in a way that you may never have done before. But now you've got a deeper understanding of the impacts it can have in your personal life, um, particularly when you get it right rather than wrong, and how that can change your personal financial future 
for the long term and for the better. Haley, before we start wrapping this lesson up, two of our experts have some really good advice about where we are right now. First up, let's hear from Mdu again. We're sort of in survival mode. And I know as, as a society, we are encouraging, uh, let's look after each other. You know, this is not the end. We need each other through this. But um, I always go back to, you can only help people if your glass is overflowing. You know, your first priority again is look at your budget and ensure that you can get through the next 12, 18, 24 months without getting into a serious dead hole. And if you if you are in that position, then you are extremely blessed, extremely privileged. And then this, like any wealthy person, you know, the 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 responsibility of, of wealthy people is that they one of the few people in our society who have the means to shape the environment. So if you have more than enough, then give. And I always go back to one of the money principles that, uh, you know, the saying that money is a, is a wonderful slave, but a horrible master. When you give, when you have surplus and you give, what you're demonstrating is that money does not have a hold on you. You are the one who controls the money. When you give, you're also demonstrating that you are confident in your ability to attract more money, you know? So that's a very powerful principle in terms of wealth management. So if you're one of the people who's, who are privileged enough that you've looked at your budget, you've looked at your savings, you have more than enough for the next two years and you look over your wall and you see that your neighbor is in a, is in a, is in a horrible position, then definitely save. But again, it comes back to, it always comes back to a budget. Just make sure that whatever you do does, is not compromising your ability to survive. That should be the, f- the first important point. Warren Ingram, director of Galileo Capital, has some great advice too. So, so I think if you're one of those, uh, th- those fortunate individuals that, uh, you, you know, that, that are not uh, worrying about your, your family in the, in the immediate future, that, you know, that you've got sufficient capital, potentially you might have money to invest, uh, you might have money to help those around you, I think that that's, uh, you know, it's a very fortunate position to be in. And I think it's an incredible sense of, of responsibility that you should feel. You know, you know, uh, it's one of the conversations that I'm having with with, with business people at the moment, and especially those that are employing handfuls of people. Not talking about the big corporates. Here. You know, we should feel a, a real responsibility to those that are financially dependent on us, whether it's in our own in our own families or in our own businesses, to try and pay uh, salaries to as many people as possible, and don't use. The, the, the current circumstances as a reason to to stop paying your staff. You know, I think uh, you know the multiplying effect of, of a salary in this environment is massive. And, and what I mean by that is, if you employ a domestic worker and you you've sent your domestic worker home, just understand that that domestic worker is probably uh, supporting four, five, six, seven people with that salary that you're paying. And so, if you decide not to pay your domestic worker or not to pay the staff at your at your office where you can afford it. Um, just understand that you're compromising, you know, tens of people in an environment like that. And the thing to understand is this is not just charity. This is an investment in your, in your future as well, because, 
you know, the, the, the people that you can support now are people that are consumers. They are people that are, are able to support more and more people. And the more people we're in, we support in an environment like this, the more we're helping them to recover and re helping our economy to recover, which means helping you and your business, et cetera, et cetera. So, so for people that are, that are trying to use this as an opportunity to say, you know, stuff everybody, I'm going to look after myself here. Um, what, what you need to understand, if you've got that kind of self selfish motivation, that actually you're compromising your own financial position. I can't state this strongly enough. I think you know, we're in an environment here where, where those that are generating an income have to feel a responsibility to keep those around them uh, um, going in, in this environment. We, we're, we're, we're basically investing in our country's future by doing this. Thanks, Warren. Uh, and that's it. I think I'm going to leave the final word to you, Gary. I think in closing this go and grow lesson, I just wanted to just focus just around four quick ideas that I think going forward, if are implemented well, are going to make a fundamental difference to how fast you accelerate through this and actually help you achieve your financial goals. The first one is to just really understand how your debt really works. Understand who you owe, how much you owe them, and how all of that is put together, the amount of interest you're paying, so that you can actually get on top of it and put a proper plan together that has an end date, so that you can free up that cash flow to put back into your wealth building efforts. I also think that just in terms of my observation of like the tens of thousands of learners that we've had, is that a lot of people's spending doesn't really represent the life that they really want. So in other words, if holidays are a thing for you, for you and your family, and you want to spend a lot of special time together, then you should be prioritizing that spending and put that into your plan now, coming out of this. Because the bottom line is that if you start pre-funding the right things in your life, it will recalibrate where money is being spent. Because what I find is, is that a lot of money is just not prioritized correctly, wasted. And instead of it being focused, say, around a holiday fund that you're building up every single month, people are like, taking holidays when they have enough money in a credit card or maybe they get a bonus. It's not the right way to live and money should really represent what you really want out of life. Can't say this enough, Haley said it many times, is that wealthy people prioritize their investing before spending. Use that principle of pay yourself first. I don't have to teach it now. It's been explained enough through the lessons, but that's something to take out and really apply to how you manage money. The last thing that I want to say is that I think it's really important is to team up with your partner or your spouse on this. I think that through the situation, the silence or the taboo around money and about sort of the difficult conversations that are avoided, I think that really has probably come to an end or hopefully it has and build on that and use that because by having two heads around this problem and having productive conversations about how to problem solve and how to build a future together, you will not believe the power of doing that. Um, you know, I've experienced that right now with my wife. It's really brought us together. Um, you know, I, I know at the, end, at the beginning of the first lesson, I mentioned that um, I wish I wasn't so relevant to our learners all the time. I wish I was just sitting here saying, well, you know, I don't really have the financial problem and here are just some great lessons, but that is not how things have panned out. As I said, my wife's business um, has been seriously disrupted. It's completely disrupted her earnings. We are a dual income household. So it has been quite a terrifying experience for us. But the lessons that we've shown you and the approach that we've taken is literally what I'm currently busy doing right now with my own money to translate and actually bring calm to the situation so that things are clear. And that's truly how I'm feeling now. Um, so, you know, I became a very different person um, over the years from what I started as, as a young indebted 
um, entrepreneur um, and money manager. And I just, you know, in the last, I guess, five to 10 years became quite complacent, um, just like most people, because things were going well. Business has improved. Um, our lifestyle has improved. And I think that we're really going to use this opportunity and we already have kind of no choice of ours. But I think that the productive stuff that's come out of this is the game plan that we've put in place for now. And the conversation we've had around what really needs to stick in our game plan going forward and in the conversations where, you know, it's not about the I told you so's, but it's about the fundamentals that truly are going to work to give us a sustainable and safe financial future and help us achieve our financial freedom. So I really do believe that coming out of this, this is going to probably be the biggest gift that we were given because at our age, we've still got lots of runway um, to go in terms of setting up our, our retirement and our financial freedom. And I really do believe that the situation is going to really help us accelerate that plan, stick to that plan and be more vigilant. And I hope that the same is true for you because it is going to be in your control. The COVID-19 Cash Course is proudly brought to you by Worth and sponsored by Discovery. While we hope the information provided by Worth PTY Limited during the COVID-19 Cash Course will help you make your own financial decisions, you expressly agree that the course is not to be viewed as financial advice and nothing we do or say during the course will constitute a recommendation, guidance or proposal in respect of any financial product as the term is defined by the Financial Advisory and Intermediary Services Act of 2002. If you require financial advice, you need to contact a financial institution or a financial planner registered as an authorized financial services provider with the Financial Services Board. While every care and effort has been taken to ensure the accuracy of the information provided during this course, we make no representation and give no warranty, whether express or implied, relating to the accuracy, correctness and effectiveness of the course or information provided in the course. Accordingly, we disclaim all representations and warranties, including but not limited to warranties relating to the accuracy, correctness and effectiveness of the course for any purpose whatsoever. We make no guarantee about the suitability of the course or whether it is complete, accurate or appropriate. We shall, under no circumstances whatsoever, be liable to you, including without limitation, as a result of or in connection with our negligent, including grossly negligent acts or omissions or other persons for whom in law we may be liable, in whose favour this constitutes a contract or undertaking for their benefit. For any direct, indirect, incidental, special or consequential loss or damage of any kind whatsoever or howsoever caused, whether arising under contract, delict or otherwise, and whether the loss was actually foreseen or reasonably foreseeable, sustained by your reliance on the content of the course or for any other reason whatsoever.